Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. It's the power of the game. It's the power of the game. It's the power of the game podcast by Golf Saudi. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Power of the Game podcast with Golf Saudi. This episode's special guest is a pioneer when it comes to golf in the kingdom. His name is Saud Al-Sharif. He's one of the top two amateur players in Saudi Arabia, and he's got a very, very bright future in the game. What has it been like to be a trailblazer, to take up the game when there's no history of the sport in the kingdom and actually advance his level to professional aspirations? He's had some fantastic results and he's got a wonderful story to tell. This episode's special guest then, Saud Al-Sharif. Let's get into it. Well, it's great to be joined by uh, a familiar face, uh, definitely a familiar face to anyone who follows golf in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and a man who is carving out a very exciting career at the age of, I believe you are 21. Am I correct in saying that, Saud? Yes, I am. 21 years of age. I first met you when you were probably 17 or 18 at the opening of the Royal Greens Golf and Country Club. You were a budding amateur then. You are an amateur with a pretty good resume now, it's fair to say, Saud. Uh, give, give us a kind of snapshot as to where you are right now with your golfing career. Well, um, first of all, thank you for having me in this podcast. It's amazing uh, the stuff you guys are doing with it. Uh, it's really special. Um, and really, it was um, it's um, it's an exciting journey. I want to say it's um, um, where I am right now. And thinking back of uh, of where I was in the beginning and how I got to golf, it's it's pretty interesting. I want to say. <laughs> well, but. Well, Let's go before. In fact, you know what? Before we touch on where you are right now, because I know you've got some some incredible progress that you've made in the last in the last eighteen months out. When did you first pick up a golf club? How old were you, and and can you remember who or what introduced you to the game? I can remember. Yes, it was uh, actually in Scotland. Um, I was about I want to say ten years old. Um, it was a family vacation trip we took up there and I just decided to pick up a putter and hit a few putts just outside the hotel. Um, uh, at that time, obviously, I wasn't living in Bahrain. I was, uh, I was in the eastern province. Um, uh, I grew up there. I was born there and then moved to Bahrain, funny enough, a year after I came back from Scotland. And my house was literally right behind the 16th green. Um, and I, I, I was like, OK, I remember this sport now um so right away i was like okay i'm uh, I, I like i the, the feeling i got from 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 playing the game in scotland was very 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 special um and i was like okay this is pretty interesting and then pretty much started playing it and uh took a few lessons at the club and i guess like my like the love of the sport just you know uh, went crazy from there you know it's funny because most of the guests we've spoken to on the podcast and they range from anyone who's working in the industry to some of the, the pros on the the ladies european tour most of them were introduced to the game by a parent uh, or their boy or both yeah. their parents you discovered the game off your own bat towel you just went out and just <laughs> discovered it at the home of golf of all places Yes, and it was funny enough, it was in Pitt Lockery. So um, not very well-known town, I want to say, but probably well-known in, 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 the, Scot in the Scottish uh, region. But uh, yeah, correct. Most of the people who start or pick up this game is, is literally just because their parents play or their friends or whatever. But me, I mean, literally, there's, none, uh, there's not a single uh, family member or a cousin that I know from my family that plays golf. I'm the only one. 
And what was <laughs> and the reaction? The from my parents. I always get the question from my parents. They're like, why did you pick this game? <laughs> out, of, out of every sport in the kingdom, why, is, why golf? I really, I'm trying to figure out the answer till today, to be honest with you. Um, well, but it's just, you know, uh, for you, you're a trailblazer. I mean, yourself, Othman, of course, as well, who's, who's kind of carved his own pathway. You know, you guys are the first of a wave of what I'm sure will be a many, many more to follow of, of young players, young, young guys in the kingdom who are trying to make their way in, in the game of golf. And like for, for that, I'm sure your parents are very proud of you for that reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Osman also started on his own. I don't think, uh, probably just his friends um, that uh, they introduced him to the game. But uh, like we have a very mutual kind of, uh, um, you know, way of uh, how we picked up the game. Um, but it's, it's, very, it's very exciting to see how golf is right now in the kingdom. Uh, the stuff that it's, uh, that, that's been going on with, with the Golf Saudi and the superb work they're putting in with everything. Um, it's really, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be a part of the journey they're in as well. Okay, so for you, Saud, taking up golf, playing in Bahrain, uh, of course, where you lived for, for some time, uh, you know, I know that there is a golf course out there and I know that there is a tradition. They've, they've had a lot of good golfers who, who grew up playing the sand courses out there and Bahrain actually probably has the history of probably producing the, the, the most local players of, of any of the GCC countries. So from that point of view, there was a background, but at the same time, it's not like you grew up in the UK or the US where there's an infrastructure to help you, uh, you know, develop your skills and become a competent player and become an elite player. So how did you become an elite player growing up in this part of the world where there isn't that infrastructure? Exactly. Um, very interesting point. Um, I, I, I've always felt that Bahrain have always had the, um, the, 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 probably the, the, the strongest set of players in the region. Uh, just because golf is always a thing, uh, like, you, know, you know, looking back all the way until, all the way back until probably in the 40s when uh, um, they had, that's when they established the sand courses in Bahrain. So they've got really a very old background into the game. Um, I want to say there was a big, big help from the Bahrainis introducing me to the game and, uh, you know, um, being exposed to some of the stuff I needed to be, you know, um, familiar with, um, such as competition, you know, such as um, um, getting used to the feeling of tournaments, uh, just being around better players from such a young age. And uh, I, 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 to be honest with you, um, what made me, I think, like get to that level very fast is just the determination I had ever since I was a kid. Ever since I picked up the first club, th I knew like right away, this is, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So, I had a vision. I, yeah. No, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I always had this, like, this vision ever since I was a kid and even told my parents that I, that I, um, I'm, I want to get serious about the game um, and they've supported me all the way. Um, and also, I want to thank, to be honest with you, all the Bahrainis growing up, how, you know, they've taught me some of the stuff, how they've, you know, um, just been, been very, very um, uh, good friends around me and um, people who I also looked up to as a youngster. So what, how old were you when you moved back to Saudi, Saud? When I, you mean when I moved back to Bahrain? When you so when you when you moved, you currently live in in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, just of this year actually. Oh, so you only moved back this year? 
Yeah, so I was in Bahrain for the last 10 years of my life. Wow, okay, okay. So, all right, explain to me what, what kind of motivated that. Had, had the development of golf here got, got a lot to do with that? Um, for the reason why I came back here, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so obviously there's, um, you know, um, with, uh, with all the plans that the Golf Saudi is having and all the events we're having and all the, you know, training camps and stuff uh, that's been going on, I, I prefer to be closer to home and actually um, playing in, in the kingdom. Um, I, I just felt that I was away from the kingdom for such a long time and I just needed to go back and um, mix in a bit with all the players and just be around the team. Um, and also start, you know, um, uh, you know, making um, newer friends here. Just, 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 just to be more comfortable uh, um, in, in, in the in the place where I'm from. Right. Okay. Okay. So, give me your kind of competitive background, if you can, Saud. You obviously played Arab Arab golf to a to a high level. You you became one of the top players in this region. But then, you know, if you look beyond that. You've got obviously the Mina Tour, which I know you've been exposed to as well, and you've played on events there, and you, you've done very well on that tour as well. It's unfortunate that the Mina Tour has had to take this hiatus, and I know they're trying to organise a schedule for 2022, and I know that, um, that that's obviously probably something on your radar as well. But how do you graduate from being a good player in this region to being, uh, you know, a, a player who's competing against? other other nationalities on a on a higher level maybe just um i want to say opportunities uh when you're young like when i was 15 or 16 um i was lucky to get a, an invite to play some of the mina stuff which really helped my game and helped um, some of the junior events i uh, played in the region as well uh mina was a big big um uh, help for me in terms of you know just sharpening up my game you know where, uh, knowing where I stand as a youngster um, among all pros I've played with in Mina um, so I feel like Mina and that part was very crucial um, and uh, I mean if anyone wants to um, take their game to the next level and uh, anyone particularly from this region I would recommend to uh, them to play Mina tour as much as they can um, I mean, the quality of players really you get in Mina is is great as well, and the and the sort of competition you feel is very close to I want to say you know uh, mini tours out in uh, out in the UK such as Europro and and these kind of tours. You, uh, I believe, shot sixty five in the Bahrain Open in the second mm -hmm. round. I think it was. I mean, you got you yeah. got right up close to the top of the leaderboard. Obviously, finishing high high amateur in that tournament. Um, what did that kind of teach you about where you were at? Can you describe that experience? Um, it's by far uh, my favorite experience so far in my career. Just to see my name up there and uh, the way I played and the way I handled my, and carried myself on the course that, uh, that week, was uh, I was very proud of that. Um, leading up to Mina, I felt that my game was, was, was you know, trending. I was doing... Uh, Solid work with with my coach Jamie McConnell in Dubai the, the the week before I was I was in Oman uh, playing the Mina event right before Bahrain um, made the cut there and just felt very comfortable with my game um, and even Jamie my coach was there for the Bahrain week we did uh, we did some solid prep right before the event and I felt very comfortable I even told him right before I I, I teed off in the first round that I'm I, I feel good about this event. Um, maybe just being being at the home uh, soil and my home, yeah. my home course for the last couple or several years that really helped. 
um, how how I played the golf course maybe a bit, a bit differently than other pros, just because I had the ho the home course advantage on everybody. Um, but still, nonetheless, uh, the way I performed there was very special to me and uh, by far the proudest moment of my career so far. Uh, and did, did your position on the leaderboards uh, affect how you were feeling and how and therefore how you played, Saud? Like, did you did you focus on where you were at? Were, were you was there any inexperience maybe that, you know, um, you maybe got ahead of yourself maybe a little bit? Um, I want to say there was a bit uh, like uh, like you gotta you, you gotta admit there was there was pressure there. Um, obviously, it was it was a very new thing to me, uh, leading uh, like being second place in a big event like that. But also on the side, the conditions on the on the last round was uh, was by far the main issue. I would say it's on everybody. I understand it's it's the conditions are always on every player out there on the course, and you still gotta go out there and perform. Um, but, um, I just felt like that week, um, maybe I just expected a lot of, out of myself, um, especially after seeing myself, uh, up there on the final round, um, a bit of uh, management play, I want to say as well in that round, um, maybe a bit too aggressive on some of the shots I was hitting or, 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 or the, or the lines and stuff. But uh, that I mean, that's the only way you 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 grow and you learn, and uh, you gotta you gotta be in those positions uh, um, uh, a lot of times, and and that's how you kind of uh, um, you know um, find out how to play it, uh, how to play uh, those conditions on, on on the next tournament. Sure, when you've kind of played in, in tournaments, you know, overseas, and, and you've travelled, and you've kind of had a glimpse into what it would be like to to be on the tour and sort of live that life of a tour pro because the one thing i always and i'll never i'll never understand but a lot a lot of the tour pros that i've interviewed have kind of spoken about the the solitude really of the life it's quite a sort of um it can be quite a nomadic life quite, quite a sort of lonely existence in a way you've got to have a good team around you and you know uh you've got to be very sort of single-minded and what give us an insight into how that has been for you just sort of obviously leaving the comfort zone of, of the Middle East and, and traveling and, and experiencing different competitions, different golf courses, uh, living out of a suitcase. How's that been for you? Well, it's funny because this summer I was actually in the UK for the, for the whole four months and I was on my own. I was, uh, you know, getting place to place, you know, um, living the hustle life as they say, or the tour life. Um, uh, and it was tough, man. I, you know, it taught me a lot about uh, myself and, and uh, it taught me a lot about life as well. Just being out there for, you know, um, four months. It's a grind. Um, uh, everything is on your own. And it just kind of gave me a taste of how it would be when maybe turning pro and, and playing um, as a professional in the future. Um, um, but I've, I've always enjoyed being um, uh, on my own out there on the course, doing my uh, doing my thing, obviously working on my game. So that thing, uh, that part of of of, um, of the game doesn't really kind of uh, you know um, affect um, the way you know the way I, I approach the game as well. Yeah, because um, a lot of the players that I speak to, they talk about it's be it's very important not to let like performance affect state of mind. You know. If you have a bad round, it's obviously important to be able to put that to one side and not let that kind of get you down mentally. And if you have a good yeah. round as well, it's important to obviously keep a, a level keel, like an even balance to 
your mental state you know have you have yeah. you kind of thought much about that and how you would go about about doing that to ensure that you know you're not negatively impacted by if you're not happy with how you're playing and, and you sort of you manage to keep that equilibrium yes uh, that's very important that's one of the things i started to learn uh, slowly throughout the years um obviously as a youngster i was very emotional very kind of you know um uh, i want to say fiery um but uh, you know growing a part of growing up uh, i want to say also is you know having that sense of uh, um maybe a bit of calmness maybe a bit of um you're you're going out there not expecting to do anything you know you're just going out there playing your game and if you uh, you're going to have bad rounds out there that's normal this is golf and uh, just just the level of acceptance that you should have um out of a bad round is probably um what makes a difference in the end cuz everyone's going to have a bad round you know um and this is the nature of the game and it's just how you react and how you approach um your second round or your third round or whatever that is you know um you always got to have a positive attitude you always got to put in the work and um you know uh, the big thing i learned maybe the summer is 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 no, there's no expectations just go out there and play your game um uh, set up obviously a good game plan in the practice rounds um stick to those game plans no matter what and um you know um just learn how to play the golf course and then enjoy yourself yeah we as media fascinated in outcomes and you guys as players fascinated in process that's what i've learned so it's all about yeah. you know the, the the building blocks to what then leads to the results and that's what you know ultimately leads to the achievement but would you say that being saudi adds pressure to you because do, or do you put more pressure on yourself maybe because not only are you doing it for yourself but there is a bigger wider cause here like you are also flying the flag for a very emerging new nation where you know there's probably some degree of like expectation that you may be placed on yourself that your part of your job is also to grow the sport in Saudi of course um it's a big responsibility i want to say um uh, but i the, the important thing for me is is you know um uh yes i want to i, I want to be you know um a good role model for everyone in saudi and i want to be um a good pioneer for the game in, in the kingdom but at the same time um i can't have that be on the way for me to perform even on a golf course i've got to take that on a positive way um and um maybe doing it for the right reasons uh know why you're out there uh trust your game and just stay positive and um uh, i don't i don't lie and say i don't think about it on the golf course i do but uh, as much as i can i try to just stay positive and um just you know take uh, take all that aside and just focus on 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 the game more i know i know you've lived abroad for a long time so but like give us give us a saudi arabian perspective on what's going on i mean i i can look at it from the outside you know as a as a uk citizen living in the dubai you know i i look at what's going on and obviously there's so much change there's so much emergence um there's so much growth in not just golf but like so many sports i know football's always been a religion in saudi arabia of some sort you know it's always been massive but you know there's there's now f1 you know you're having boxing you're having uh you know um tennis events go to the kingdom like th- there seems to be this whole impetus now to really get Saudi Arabia to kind of embrace new and new sports and obviously golf's a big part of that as an athlete exactly. coming out of Saudi Arabia how what's your perspective on that 
um, very proud and very um, excited to see all that uh, all that stuff happening in the kingdom. We would have never thought it would be to this extent, even three years ago. Um, but the way it's it's um, you know it's evolved, and the way uh, the people take it, and the way um, you know uh, our government is running it as well, it's uh, it's just fantastic. And it's uh, being a part of that as well as a golfer. Um, growing the game in the kingdom, and um, and, and just and just sitting back, uh, sitting back and watching all other stuff happening uh, happening in, in in Saudi is just very exciting. I mean, I, I've never thought F1 would be um, you know in the kingdom, just because I've lived in Bahrain for the last ten years, and it was always um, the Bahrain Grand Prix was always there, um, and I've always questioned myself. I was like, um, you know, if like if the F1 is 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 gonna have a race in in Bahrain, like well, Saudi is not far away, and uh, the capabilities we have, it's it's not gonna be a difficult thing. And here you go, seven years later or eight years later, and we have an uh, we have a race going on now. And it's just you know, you know, time will tell what what happens next. But it's just you know, for now, just sit back and enjoy uh, enjoy the ride. Yeah, I, no, I can't wait to see the first ever race right here in Jeddah. In fact. Um... And I know that down the line, maybe it will move to the new Giga project down in Kadir, which looks incredible. Yeah. There's a Jack Nicholas golf course yeah. being designed there. There's a Greg Norman golf course being designed at Derea Gate. I mean, from your perspective, what, what do you make of all this development, this, this Vision 2030, um, all the, the billions of dollars that are spent on not just development, but it would seem that golf is a fundamental part of all these projects? Yes, it is, because um, as you know, golf attracts tourism more than anything, I would say. Um, everyone enjoys playing this game and having the idea of starting up all those new projects in the kingdom was actually the perfect idea because um, people want to have, you know, world-class cl world um, facilities, world-class golf courses um, uh, when, they come, when they come over here, obviously for tourism. Um, not just that, also the players in the kingdom, that will play a big role for people who are, you know, considering pick, picking up the game um, in the kingdom, just to be able to see the, the, the you know, the level of, of, um, of, the, of the golf course and, 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 the, um, and, and the amount of courses that are in Saudi, and because we, we used to have, a, you know, just a handful of them back in the day. Um, and now, uh, you know, as you know, Saudi is a very big country, and um, um, obviously, with the uh, with the with the people here, um, they want to have access in each part of the country, and it's slowly going that way right now. We're gonna have a couple here, and then we're well, there's a, there's a place in Jeddah at the Red Sea program. Um, hopefully, we're gonna have a couple in the south and and north, also Neom, which is a very exciting uh, project. Yeah. Um, that, it plays a very big role. Yeah. Uh, what about, what's it going to take, Sal, do you think, for, I know that they've got loads of plans at the grassroots level to grow the game. I know that the guys, in fact, Jamie, I believe, is involved, and, and Stephen Troop here as the Director of Instruction and, and Education at uh, Golf Saudi, he was, he's actually been on the podcast as well, talking about how they're going to roll out and implement like the, the growth of golf at a grassroots level. I think something like 135,000 kids will be introduced to golf in the schools yeah. over the course of the next couple of years. So that's exciting. But what's it going to take for this nation to embrace golf, do you think? Is it going to take someone like yourself to break through and be a, be a professional on a European or PGA tour? 
or is it going to take just introducing kids to the game, just making sure it's part of the culture? Yeah, I think both, really, if you ask me. But um, to, for them to be able to see a Saudi player making it up there, um, I think that's going to push the, the whole kingdom to be able to be like, oh, he can make it, I can make it. I'm going to work hard enough to be up there one day. Um, I don't see why not. I mean, he's, he's a Saudi, I'm a Saudi. I have the facility, I have people with like, the kids would have better facilities than we had back in the day. So I have, I, I see no reason why um, uh, it's impossible for us um, uh, with, with all the things that are happening now and all the facilities and the access we were going to get. Um, it's just going to take one of one of us. Um, it, uh, it's, it's either, you know, um, someone makes it as a Saudi and, and every, every, the whole sport is just going to go, um, you know, crazy from there. Um, or, you know, introducing the kids to the game it might take a bit longer time. Obviously, they're, they're going to grow up, you know, um, um, you're going to have to wait. It's, it's a long journey plan. But sure. obviously, uh, in my opinion, if a, play, if a Saudi player makes it up there, it's going to be a very like a, it's going to be a catalyst. To, yeah. of the growth of the game in Saudi. And then the media plays a big role as well in, in obviously creating interest. Has the media interest in yourself? Have you noticed that change in the last couple of years? Yes, especially playing in the event, um, uh, playing all, uh, all, three, uh, all three editions of the Saudi International. I was, uh, you know, I was exposed to a lot of media stuff that I want to say I wasn't very familiar with uh, back in the day. But it's 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 good. It's 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 a good it's good uh, PR. It's good, you know, uh, just to put out your name up there. People will know you, um, uh, and that's sort of stuff I need to get used to. Obviously, growing up. Just playing in that event, Saud. Obviously, the world number one at the time, Dustin Johnson, has won it twice. It's an incredible field. It's your home tournament in that sense. But then again, you're an amateur, and you you probably wouldn't have any expectations. So so was it a pressure free event, or did you feel a sense of pressure? Um, no, I, I, I felt pressure um, all three of all three events I played, um, um, even as an amateur and not expecting a lot out of myself. But the, the weight of the event and the class players you're playing against, um, I mean, that um, that that gives a lot of, um, you know, level of uh, or, or feeling of I want to perform. I want to see my name up there with them. You know, I want to do this and that. But, you know. I want to say I got better at that um, uh, after the first two years. Um, I didn't play very well last year, but I felt like my management my management play was was um, uh, you know progressing and improving from the previous two years. Um, and I think I'm, it, it just needs a um, um, a bit of experience. Obviously, playing in those events are not easy. Um, and just you know, uh, I want I want to take it slow. I want to. Um, you know, just focus on my game more than anything. Let, let, give me, give me an idea of where where you want to go next. You've obviously you've won the Jordan Open. First of all, in fact, tell me about that. That was an incredible achievement. I know you mentioned the Bahrain Open being the highlight of your career so far, but surely the Jordan Open is going to be a close second. <laughs> yeah, um, it was funny because. I really, uh, the, I have something with that course that I, I don't feel comfortable with. Maybe it doesn't suit my eye as much. Um, um, I was actually intending to stay, maybe to stay over in Dubai and train more with my coach. But Prince Khaled was like, you know, um, he pushed me to play the event. He was like, even though you don't like the golf course, you got to get used to playing courses that you don't like. And, 
I mean, <laughs> thanks to him that I went. Um, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the week before we were with Jamie, we, were, we had four days uh, training at the Owls Club. And we, um, we found out, uh, we, we discussed this game called Moneyball. So what Moneyball is, is basically knowing your tendencies and uh, having an understanding of where you can miss the ball and where you should hit the ball. Um, it's not always at the flag, you know, and um, uh, obviously with dialing down your, your yardages, um, you're going to have the, your yardages down. So the only thing you should be doing is just managing yourself through the course and, um, and really sticking to that process. Cause it's uh, when down the stretch with the event, it could, it could change. Like you could, you could, uh, you know, have a bad decision and it could lead up to you, you know, not scoring very well. Sure. And then you question yourself where, where everything went wrong and it's all just process oriented. It's all management play. And I want to say I nailed every single shot of that week. In, in terms of process and, and management. And um, if anything, the first round was a bit of, uh, you know, um, uh, sloppy mistakes around the greens, but it's it's all work in progress in, in the short game area. But from tee to green, I was very happy with how I played. Okay. And what about the future? 2022, I mean, Mina Tour is returning, fingers crossed. They, they managed to, to obviously hold those events. I'm sure they will. It's not been ideal with COVID and all that kind of thing, Saud, for you at 21. You know, you want to be playing in as many tournaments as possible. But what are your plans for the future? And kind of where do you feel like you need to develop? What's the next sort of step forward for you, do you think? Um, uh, I want to say just, you know, um, having a bit more, uh, you know, events um, down the line will help. Bigger ones as well. Um, we've got the Asian tour in two weeks in Thailand, which, which will help. Um, uh, we've got two events and obviously we'll wrap up the season with the Arab champs and the, the Abu Dhabi event in Sadiat. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, the, the, goal, the goal for, for this year was to, um, you know, um, just test myself around the greens. Cause that's where I, I, I suffered, uh, in, in, in the summer. Um, uh, it was the main reason why I wasn't scoring and, uh, you know, the visit to Jamie really helped. Um, I felt th that there was a bit of progress there in Jordan with the short game. Um, so I just want to continue doing that. And the 2022 season, hopefully with the Mina returning, it's going to be, um, uh, you know, I don't know if you have, I wouldn't say a full packed season, but it will be a good way to start the year. Um, and obviously I'm looking forward to maybe returning back to the UK the next summer to play a bit more um, amateur events and stuff. And yeah, I mean, looking forward to all so that. You're, you've got no plans to turn professional next year, Saud? Um, I had the plans initially, but I discussed it obviously with my coach, and uh, I wanted I wanted to be able to give it a bit uh, uh, one more shot at at the amateur uh, uh, career, just because uh, and until I feel you know internally ready to be able to turn professional, just you know doing it to to for the name, I want to say. Yeah. I want to feel ready when I perform as a, until I, like, and from now until I, you know, start performing like a professional, um, maybe I'll make that decision. But for now, I would, um, I'm sticking to just being an amateur for next season. Okay. Well, I think that's very wise, by the way, because I think that the worst thing you can do is rush into a decision like that. It's a massive decision. And, you know, once you bring that decision on, it will come with a lot of re different responsibilities, which obviously you just need to feel like you're ready to, to take on. So uh, exactly. I applaud exactly. that decision, Saud. You've got my vote of approval for that.
Um, thank you so much. Listen, thank you so much for joining the podcast. We've, we've obviously loved having you on. It's, it's an honor to have you on as the top yeah. Saudi amateur. It's great to have your name on that podcast. So thank you so much, Saud. Thank you so much. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you for having me. Okay. When can I watch out for you next? When's your next tournament in Thailand? Um, yeah, there'll be a week and a half from now. A week and a half from now. Okay. Yeah. For people listening into this, what's the best way to follow your progress? Is it on social media? Yeah, I'm active on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah, just those two. Okay, good stuff. Well, Salah al-Sharif, absolute pleasure. Best of luck in the next tournament and uh, look forward to catching up with you in person soon, okay? Thank you so much. Cheers. Good man.